Thanks for tuning in to the Crew at UGA podcast. We are so glad to have you with us. Crew exists to call students to know God, grow in their faith, and go to the world. If you would like to get more connected with Crew at UGA, or if we can help you in any way at all, go to the show notes and click on the link, or follow us on Instagram at Crew at UGA. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Career at UGA podcast. In this week's episode, we will be playing a recording of our most recent weekly meeting talk. Now, if you'd like to come to our weekly meeting that happens each Tuesday at 8 o'clock, we'd love to have you. But right now, spots are still limited. So if you want to come, be sure to sign up using the Eventbrite registration link that you can find every Thursday on our Career at UGA website. Now, on to the recording. Hi, everybody. I am Alan, if you don't know me. Um, also known as Crew Daddy. I do like that nickname. It was given by a very dear student many years ago. And um, I am kind of like Crew Daddy. I am kind of uh, the guy who's in charge of crewness here at UGA. That doesn't mean that uh, I really run things. Actually, my team and our student staff and our student leaders run things, but I take all the credit, which is an awesome place to be. Um, I have been here in Athens since 2011. Um, I have been working full-time with crew now for nearly 34 years. It'll be 34 years this summer. And it has... Well, thank you so much, Eliza. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're all clapping. It's like this was a retirement banquet or something. What is that? <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I'm just saying who I am. Um, I, uh, I do have a great job. I love what I do. And I love this. Look, everybody, we're back. Crew's back, right? That's pretty great. Now, we're not back in our fullest form because next fall, when things are all open and we can be a memorial hall again and we can have everybody in one room, that's going to be a pretty great experience. But you know what? This is a great start, too, just coming back there. Wasn't it sweet to just worship together as crew and just kind of be here in the Lord's presence? That was awesome. I'm just, I'm very, very thankful. Um, the uh, place you're sitting in is Christ Community Church, and uh, this is a, a church that meets on Sundays that graciously is allowing us to use their space on Tuesdays. The worship leader up here, Ian, who is over here on my left, uh, is also the worship leader here at Christ Community, and some of our staff go to church here at Christ Community, so if you are still looking for a church, this would be one I would encourage you to check out, because it's a great place with a great group of people, but we're very thankful that they allow us to be here. And we're going to be here every Tuesday night till the end of the semester. And then hopefully things will open up back in Memorial Hall in the fall. So here we are. And we are going gonna to start a series tonight that's going to last about four or five weeks. And it's called In Light Of. Let me tell you how we got here. Several of us were sitting around thinking, well, the world-famous crew podcast that had 50 subscribers... Okay, I, I appreciate the popularity, but um, our, our podcast was not as popular as that cheer just indicated, it seemed. Thank you, thank you. I know you're our biggest fan, biggest podcast fan. But we decided that um, we would, we would um, adjust and we'd just record the talk from this meeting and start making it our podcast. And so we decided, well, as we come back together as a weekly meeting, what should we talk about? What should we do? And um, we kind of looked at each other, and we talked for a minute, and then we kind of all came to a consensus 
we haven't been together for so long. Let's just talk about the Lord. Let's just put our eyes on God and talk about Him and what He's like and who He is and just refresh our souls and our spirits together in Him. And we were all like, yes, that's exactly what we're going to do. And so this series, in light of, means this. God has certain attributes that make him God. It's who he is. And once we look at that attribute, there are many things that, in light of that attribute, become true about us or give blessing to us. And so what we mean by in light of is obviously the Lord is our light, and when we stand in his light, we receive blessing, but also in light of the attributes we're going to talk about, there are certain responses or certain truths that apply to us, and that's what we're doing tonight. So the passage that we're going to talk about tonight is in Matthew 6, 25 through 34. It's a pretty familiar passage. I'm going to read it for us. It's going to be on the screen up there, too. If you want to turn there, Matthew 6, 25 through 34, that's where we are. So let me read it out loud for us. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of his life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious about itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Pray with me. Lord, help us see you clearly. Lord, I, I am willing to assume that there are a number of people in this room tonight, if not all of us, whose God is too small. And I pray, Lord, that you would enlarge yourself in our eyes tonight. Lord, I pray you'd use my words to do that, but more than, than my words, you'd use your words, your scripture, Holy Spirit, that you would work, that you would speak that you would get my words out of the way when they're in the way, and that you would speak through me as you wish. But Lord, that you would, you would open eyes and open spiritual eyes to the reality of who you are and what that means for us. And it would be refreshing to our souls this evening. For your glory. Amen. So I read the passage. What's the attribute? You know, you look at, the at, at that passage, and you might be guessing what attribute we're going to talk about tonight. Is it God's kindness? Is it his provision? Is it his generosity? Is it his dependability? These are all things we could call attributes of God. But he, actually, I'm going to talk about an attribute from this passage that you might be a little surprised at. It is the attribute of God's sovereignty. 
Now, when we say sovereignty, here's the definition of what we mean. What we mean by sovereignty is God's absolute control in this universe expressed in active involvement according to his purposes. Now, I'm seeing three or four delightful, wonderful, awesome students actually taking notes on this sermon. You're all my favorites. Um, So I'm going to say that sentence again so you can get it. What we mean is God's absolute control in this universe expressed in active involvement according to his purposes. Absolute, meaning utterly complete and unchallenged. Active, meaning God works directly and continually. He is no blind watchmaker who just winds up the universe and watches it tick. Purposes, meaning God does things on purpose, or as the philosophers say, he is a teleological being. It means he does things with the end in mind. He doesn't just randomly act. What he does, he does for a reason. So God's sovereignty is his absolute control in this universe expressed in active involvement according to his purposes. Now, most of us don't really come to grips with how absolutely the scripture talks about God's sovereignty being true. Part of it is because we're just unfamiliar with it, but then there's some other reasons as well. But here's some things that the scripture talks about when it comes to God's sovereignty. How sovereign is God in this universe? God is in control of even the smallest creatures. Matthew 10, 29 through 31 says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father? but even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are worth more than many sparrows. God is in control of even the smallest natural processes. Psalm 147, 8 says, He covers the heaven with clouds. He prepares rain for the earth. He makes grass grow on the hills. Jonah 4, remember the story of Jonah? When Jonah preaches to Nineveh, even though he doesn't want to, and then afterward Nineveh repents, and Jonah is upset about it. And it tells the story As Jonah is sitting in the heat of the desert outside Nineveh, it says, Now the Lord God appointed a plant, action verb, and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be shade over his head to save him from discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. How about Psalm 135, 7? He it is who makes the clouds rise at the end of the earth, who makes lightnings for the rain and brings forth the wind from his storehouses. Do you hear that? Who blows the wind? God does, whether it's a little breeze or a hurricane. He brings the wind out from his storehouses. He sustains the universe around us second by second. Colossians 1.17 He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Speaking of Jesus Hebrews 1.3, the sun is the radiance of, the God's, of God's glory and the exact representation of his deep being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty of heaven. Sustaining. Note the Colossians passage that Jesus sustains all things. In him, all things hold together. Do you hear that? Sustaining, moment by moment, our universe In other words, every electron 
in every atom is spinning because Christ sustains it and keeps it doing so. Think about that for a second. When the Roman soldiers were driving the nails into Christ's hands, he was the one that was sustaining the cohesion of the iron and sustaining the atoms in their body while they were doing it. That's literally what that means. God is that sovereign. And this is what the scriptures talk about. Are you amazed now yet? I could keep going. I'm not going to for the sake of time. There are so many passages that describe the absolute active sovereignty of God in our universe. And this is who he is. Now let's be honest. We have some problems with this sometimes as human beings. One is we have a hard time coming to grips with this. Well, because we're finite and our minds can only really, you know, grasp so much. And there's only so much we can internalize. I mean, just the idea that the Lord is sovereignly and actively sustaining and moving every single drop of water in the oceans of the earth continuously at every single moment. It just makes my head hurt thinking about that. And yet that's what the scripture says God is doing. But that's not usually the only problem we have with sovereignty. The bigger problem we have with sovereignty is actually called our will. And what that means is, sometimes we struggle with the idea of sovereignty and really understanding it because we don't want it to be true necessarily. We tend to ask it like this. You've heard people, when you get in conversations with people, they would say, does this mean we're not free creatures? And the idea of free will is not excluded in this sovereignty, although I'm not, I'm not going to go there tonight and do a deep dive into that. I can recommend many books if you want to read them. But I think when you hear that question, actually, I don't know if it's as much that question as much as it is, it's not the idea of freedom as much as it is control. We are a people who like to be in control, right? And so we kind of feel ourselves chafe over the idea that someone else is in control when we would prefer to be the ones that are in control. We like to have things, even our destinies, in our own hands so that we can do with them what we want, right? Of course, in actuality, that's an illusion. So much of an illusion, right? There's so many things we don't control. We don't control when cancer cells appear. We don't control when a tornado sweeps through town. We don't control making our parents or our boyfriend love us. We don't control or stop ourselves from getting old. All of these things we would like to think we could be in control of one day, but of course we can't. Our pride, therefore, would prefer to not come to grips with sovereignty. And that might be why we're so jarred when things happen that are out of our control, like, like maybe right now in this COVID season that we're in, just how, how jarring that has been for so many people, right? We tend to think that the way we people will be at peace is to have control of ourselves. And any psychologist will tell you that. What's the root of an anxiety disorder? It's the fear that something is going to be out of my control. That's where anxiety disorders come from anxiety disorders. But here's what I maintain. I go in the face of that, and I would say tonight, Scripture tells us 
That's backwards. In actuality, we want to embrace the sovereignty of a fatherly God, not chafe under it. So that's the attribute, sovereignty. Sovereignty in God. In light of that, what's the blessing? The blessing is security. See, the problem of anxiety in today's generation of students, that's not something I probably need to give you a lot of information about. You know it as well as I do, right? This generation struggles with so much anxiety. You know, I believe it was Princeton, one of the Ivy League schools about eight or ten years ago, did a survey across the country and did some research and determined that the number one reason students visit uh, campus health centers is because of anxiety and depression. The number one drugs, or the top drugs that are prescribed out of university health centers are anxiety medications. This happens all the time. If I did a poll in this room, I'd be willing to bet that the majority of you in here would be willing to say that anxiety is the number one struggle for you. And students talk about this all the time, right? I just sit down with students almost every day and I hear anxiety about the job market. Is there gonna be one for you when you graduate? Student debt, parental divorce, insecurity in dating relationships. I've talked to students who are unsure of what their career should be. And there's anxiety with it. You have this fear that I'm going to take the wrong next step and then I'm going to be ruined forever. And it's just paralyzing, right? We constantly are connected to an endless drumbeat of news, which in today's world, because they want it to sell and get your attention, is usually bad news and it's salacious. And so we hear it all the time, T Twitter and TikTok and Instagram. They never take breaks. We're subjected to algorithms that distract us 24 hours a day if we let them. And we hear stories from protesters dying in Myanmar to COVID casualty updates every day to stories of racism and, and oppression in the smallest little out-of-the-way town across the country. But we can hear about it all the time because, because of these cell phones we have in our pocket. And it's just, it just adds to this endless stream of causes of anxiety, right? These sources are everywhere. But that's where sovereignty speaks. You see, in the Matthew passage that we just started with, how did it begin? It begins, do not worry. And then he comes back to it and it says, therefore, do not worry about your life. In the middle of the passage, he says, do not be anxious for anything. But what is Jesus' argument in the passage as the reason to not be anxious? Right? What is it? It is that God clothes the flowers of the field, that he is sovereign even over the growth of a lily that blooms for a day and dies. It is that he is so sovereign that he feeds every single bird on the planet according to its need. You see, that passage where Jesus says, don't worry, doesn't make any sense if God is not completely sovereign. But because he is sovereign, the result is security. We don't need to worry. We don't need to be anxious. The Matthew 10 passage was the exact same thing, right? Jesus goes on and says that no, not even two sparrows fall to the ground apart from God. God is sovereign over their lives. And then what is the response Jesus says we should have? Fear not. There it is again, right? God's sovereignty means 
that you don't need to be anxious. Security in light of sovereignty. This is why God's sovereignty is good news. This is the God that we serve and we worship. It gets bigger. Ultimately, God's sovereignty extends to life and death. God gives life. You can see that so many places. Acts 17, 25. He is not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. You hear it? God gives the breath. God gives the life. God is sovereign over birth. God also determines death. In the book of Job, after he loses his ten children and loses all his wealth and all the bad things are happening to Job, in chapter 1, Job declares, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know the worship song, the Matt Redmond song? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Right? We, you sang it in high school, right? Great little song. But that song comes from this verse. And, and what the song writer is pointing to is, even in death, even when life is taken, blessed or praised is what that word means, be the name of the Lord. Even in death, praise be to God. Why? Because he is sovereign over it. God gives life and breath and everything else. God takes he is sovereign over life. He is sovereign over death. Now, this is heavy, but this is so important. John Piper has a new book out. I'm a big John Piper fan. His new book is called Providence. It's 750 pages long. I plan to read every single page. You don't have to. But he, there's a section in this book where John Piper notes all of this about God's sovereignty, and he asks a very piercing question. I have a quote. You can follow along as I read it. Here's what he says. God is the author of every life, the agent of every deliverance from death, the one who decides the length of every lifetime and the moment of every death. In one final act of absolute authority over life and death, he will in the last day raise every life from the dead, both the just and the unjust, and assign the eternal destiny of each, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And here's the question Piper offers. Let me ask you, my reader, in whose power would you want your life and death to lie? In whose hands would you prefer the destiny of your loved ones to rest? Would you want the length of your life and theirs to be in the hands of Satan? Or in the hands of aimless fate? or in the hands of mindless and haphazard natural forces? Surely not, nor are they. Every breath is in the hands of God. Wow. Many of you know I'm not speaking theoretically about this. I know a couple of you in this room have lost loved ones. I think some recently, whether it's a dear grandparent or a high school friend killed in an accident, you know what I'm talking about. You know this is true, security and sovereignty when you face that. I think a lot of you know that my own dear wife, Karen, went ahead to be with the Lord last May. So I can sit here and tell you personally, I know what it is to see God's providence and sovereignty in action even when pain is involved. Ladies and gentlemen, I am here to tell you 
There is no comfort in haphazardness. To know that God is working all things for our good, even in birth and death, however, is a place of peace and goodness, even in pain. And that is why the reality of God's sovereignty is so important. In light of God's sovereignty, we receive the blessing of comfort and security. Would you have it any other way? Of course not. Let me end with this quote. This is another Piper quote from that book. I think it sums it up really well. Indeed, let us encourage each other with the glorious truth that life and death, now and forever, are in the hands of God. He, his merciful, all-encompassing providence is our strength while we live and our hope when we die. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we all here declare naked we came from our mother's womb and naked we will depart. The Lord has given, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And we, we mean praise to you, Lord. Lord, when we think about how sovereign you are, that is amazing that you are in control of every little process going on around us in our universe continuously. And yet your eyes look on us with a father's love. That is just amazing. You are so powerful, and yet you're so personal and loving that your thoughts for us outnumber the grains of sand on the seashore. Lord, we confess and declare we would have our fate, we would have our lives, we would have our days, we would have our moments, we would have our breath in no one else's hands but yours, because we cherish you, trust you, love you, admire you, sit in awe of you tonight as we think about that. Lord God, be exalted in our sight. Father, I pray that, um, that you would expand our vision of you, that um, we would not have too small of a God. Lord, we just um, we worship you tonight that in everything going on in each life in this room and everyone listening to a recording, you are active. You are completely and absolutely sovereign. You are completely and absolutely good. And we affirm that to our great blessing and delight. Thank you so much, Lord, that your comfort is found in your character, who you are. You are, Lord, you're amazing. And just thinking of, of your, your complete and absolute loving control of this universe, your justice, your power, your love, your mercy, it is all revealed to us in your sovereignty. Lord, as we sing these songs, have our worship because you deserve it. Amen.